world's on fire, our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know what, why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. Hey, pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It is time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, we have passed the salt. Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass but we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a Coach, Dave Dobbenmeyer. Man, I'm ready to roll here this morning. Got my shirt on that Betty got me, says, what? what's it say? I'm, I'm the coach, that's why. Thanks, Betty. I'm the coach, that's why. I'm going to coach you up this morning. I'm going to coach you up this morning, all right? This isn't going to be so hey, much man. of a – this isn't going to be so much of a uh, – another uh, exhortation or another explanation or another delineation or another whatever of what's going on in the culture and the society because we know it. We know that. If you're in here, you understand it. You get it. But my, uh, <clears throat> my goal continues to be uh, solutions. Solutions. I don't need to go to any more Clay Clark conferences to find out how bad things are. I know that. I know that. I don't need to go to any Clay Clark events to find out uh, that the government's screwing us. So I, I don't need to do that anymore. I don't need, I, I'm solution-oriented. If they're running the ball off tackle, I want to know why they're doing it. Hey, Coach Norm. Defensive coordinator. Hey, Norm, why are they running off tackle? Will you stop them from running off tackle? I, I don't need to go over and have a meeting and say, Coach, they're running off tackle. Pardon me. No shoot, Sherlock. I see it. And what do we do? What do we, what, what's the solution of the American church? Well, we go show that they're running off tackle. <laughs> I get it. And what's the solution of the American church? They're running off tackle. We can't stop it. Bible says they're going to run off tackle, and soon the game will be over and we'll be out of here. And we win. We win by losing. Anybody know how you win by losing? Anybody, anybody out there be able to explain that to me? How you win by losing? How you advance the how you advance the kingdom of God by surrendering? Anybody can I'll pay a million dollars. Somebody explain that one to me. Make the other team commit an own goal. Uh, we're blocking for the other. Wait a minute. Hang on a minute. The other team is eating at our table and sending us the bill. Somebody can say amen. Somebody can say amen. 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 And we don't get tired of it, right? We don't get tired of it because why? Because well, we can't. How, how can we? We can't. What can we do? By the way, coach, it's exactly uh, the Lord said at the end. Wait a minute. No, He didn't. In the twenty-third Psalm. Didn't it say that he would prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies? Isn't that what it said? What what am I doing preparing a table for my enemies? What am I doing? has to do with the way you think. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, right? That's where I'm going today. That's where I'm going today. I, I got, hey, I could, I could point out some more guys dropping over dead. I could pull over the vaccines aren't working. I could point out that the government's screwing us over. I can point out that the FBI is controlled by the devil. I can point out, I can go on and on and on. Our schools aren't working. I, 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 and you want to hear more of it? I mean, I, I presume I can do more evidence. 
Hey, Coach Norm, a running off tackle. Stop him, will you? That, that would be – when you guys do that, when you guys – when you guys – like I just had a – we had heating problems here at our house, you know that? Michelle and I went – what was it, Michelle? Ten days? Ten days without the heater? Ten days without any heat in our house because when the guy came to fix it, he simply told me what was wrong with it. Ten days. Ten days. And then finally they said, well, we got, we got to get a part. we got to make a trade here. we got to trade an old part for a new part, just like you do in football. we got to trade for a defensive tackle. We're going to trade out that old part for a new part, and then this thing will start running properly. But for 10 days we sat around because what? The new draft pick hadn't shown up. Hadn't shown up. And I didn't want him to call me every day and tell me that the heat wasn't working because I knew it wasn't. And I didn't want him to call me every day and tell me the heat wasn't working because that part was broken because I already knew it. I didn't really care about anything other than, hey, dude, will you get that heat working again? That's all, I, that's all I'm paying you to do. That's all. Don't give me any more analysis. Don't give, be analytical with me. My heat's not working. I hired you to fix the heat. Oh, I get it. Somewhere in the Bible says it's just going to get colder in the last days, Coach. It's just going to get colder. It's just going to get worse and worse. So just sit back and, uh, uh, rapture's coming. That's our attitude, isn't it? Stinking thinking. I've, I've, I've said a number of times, I never ever, in all my years of ever playing, ever playing or coaching a ball game, when the football was tipped off, when the first pitch was thrown, when the tip ball was thrown up during basketball, any game I ever played in my life, I never once thought we were going to lose. Now, we lost a lot. I never thought we were going to. I never went into the game thinking we're going to lose. And can I tell you what? Somehow in the American church, we've tried to convince ourselves that losing is winning. You with me, Clay? Are you with me, Clay? Because the church won't get involved and try to win. It's easy for us to say we win in the end. Oh, yeah? Yeah? I got to tell you, sometimes after a football game, a guy across the, across the uh, field beat us. I had to walk out midfield and shake his hand, look him in the eye and congratulate him. I was so freaking pissed. I didn't say, well, that was the Lord's will. It was? If it was the Lord's will, our guys would win, lose? That was his will? I often wondered, uh, if the other guy on his team's praying for victory, and I'm praying for victory, Who's the Lord get behind and root for? Which team's he rooting for? That guy's praying to win. I'm praying to win. We're in a game against each other, both both good Christian brothers. You think God really controls the plays in football games? Do you think God actually makes somebody fumble? Huh? That's, That's stupid thinking, isn't it? At some point, some guy drops the ball. At some point, some guy makes a great play and knocks the ball out of his hands. At some point, some guy picks it up and scoops and scores. It's all progress of this thing we call a football game. And we are in this game of life. And sometimes you fumble, and sometimes the other guy fumbles. And sometimes when the ball's laying on the ground, do you jump on it or do you scoop it and score? Or do you not jump on it? We don't even take the same mentality that we expect out of the football teams we root for. We don't even take that same mentality and apply it towards God's team. Hmm? 
We don't even jump on the fumbles. We don't even try to cause them. To the devil's team. Why? Because we're so wrapped up in our own lives. In our own happiness. In our own health. In our own wealth. And you don't have to, hey man, I'm, 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 I'm laying it out there for you. I'm, I'm coming out hard today. I got, I got some good stuff. I got some great stuff coming for you today. Go ahead. Now, quickly, Clay. Don't, don't get me distracted. It's better no. be important. Yeah, this is important. One time I prayed that God allow my will to be done instead of his will. And I believe he let me have it because I prayed hard for my will to be done instead of his. And uh, I learned a hard lesson by him. If that's what happened, I learned a hard lesson from that. And ever since I've been praying, your will be done, Heavenly Father. By the way, every prayer should be his will be done. But the truth be told, truth be told, we pray that he will agree with our will. Somebody can say amen right there. Most of us, that's our, that's, most of us, our prayers is, Lord, please line up with my will. Please line up with my will. This is what I want to happen. Please line up with that, Lord. Will you, Lord, will you, Lord, will you please line up? Right? Boom. Bible says his will be done. Not mine. Not mine. Not make me healthy, wealthy, and wise. As, uh, who was it? Ben Franklin wrote that? Yeah, he did. He did. Myra, go ahead and pray real quick. I'm, hey, I'm just getting started. I'm not even close to started yet. This is, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm taking this day today, okay? I'm, I'm promising you, you're going to have a, a life-changing day if you let it happen. Go ahead, Myra. Yes, Coach. Good morning, Harold. How are we doing? The reading today is going to be from Job 34. Long O, Long O, Long O, Long O. Yeah, Job 34. 20 through 23. Thank you, coach. Okay. It is written, In a moment shall they die, and the people yeah. shall be troubled at midnight, and pass away, and the mighty shall be taken away without hand. For his eyes are upon the ways of men. Yes, they are. And he seeth all his goings. There is no darkness, no shadow of death, where the workers of iniquity may hide themselves. For he will not lay upon man more right that he should enter into judgment with God. Holy Spirit, you're always welcome at Coach Dave Haddle, and we open our hearts to you. I release the anointing that destroys the power of evil. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Um, I'm going to talk to you today about the power of words. Not, not name it, claim it. Not name it, claim it. I was, uh, I'm not uncovering my wife, but my wife and I think so much differently. I'm, I don't know if you guys are in a marriage like that or whether you're uh, – uh, equally like yoked or sometimes feel like you're unequally yoked because you you guys we've we've you and your spouse view the world so much differently right and my my mom always told me from the time I was a young guy that I was uh, a cockeyed optimist whatever that means and look look I'm telling you I never expect bad thing to happen ever 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 
ever expect a bad thing to happen. It's for some reason it's not in my nature. And the great balance that, that I have and uh, Michelle and I have in our marriage is she always thinks of the bad thing. Now, no, now hang on, hang on. I'm not Chris, I'm not being critical of her. God bless her. Because the cockeyed optimist and the pessimist make a good blend. You, you with me? But uh the how do I say this? Bring it up. Bring up number one. I'm going to try to set some of you free today. I know some of you are still fasting. And I know with, uh, I know that as you fast, uh, you come to the realization. Mike Blake went, uh, how many days? Mike Blake went 10 days. I saw Mike yesterday. He went 10 days. Betty's back on a fast, I think, right now. Um, maybe some of the others are. It doesn't, doesn't matter. But uh, remember that fasting is about cleansing you. It's not about scoring brownie points with the Lord. In fact, the Bible tells us is there's some that only comes out with prayer and fasting. Only comes out. Wait, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Only come out. What? Yeah. They only come out with prayer and fasting. Why? Because when you pray and fast, you gain control of you. Does that make sense? You guys understand what I'm saying? You're not in control of everything, but you you become in control of you. Become in control of you. And as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So is he. So this morning, the Holy Spirit tapped on my shoulders. I'm preparing, saying, Lord, where am I going to go today? And it went to this, man. Boom, the power of thoughts. In fact, I came up with a thought. The Holy Spirit gave me a thought. It's called automatic thoughts. Many of you, most of you, are prisoners to automatic thoughts. We would call it in the common vernacular uh, default position. For most of us, our default position is failure. Our default position is loss. Our default position is bad. What's going to happen if I do that? If I do this, what's going to happen? And for most of us, our default position is negative. It's going to be bad. We never, very rarely, stay with me. Listen, I'm hammering this so close to the nub right here. For most of us, we do not get up every day. And in our mind, say to ourselves, I'm going to go to do this because this is going to change the world. See, we get up and say, I'm, I, maybe if I do this, maybe something will happen, but this might happen as well. Our default position is always losses. Can anybody say amen? Can anybody say amen? And the truth amen. of the matter is, You are controlled by your negative response to your mind. You have automatic thoughts that that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. All of Mm. us do. Our default position is always, whoa, what if this happens? Thumbs up, amen, amen. Now, look, I'm not talking name it, claim it. I'm not talking name it. That's not what I'm talking about. I don't believe in that malarkey. I don't believe in that. I, this this popped up on as I was up to saying, well, what do you want me to talk about? He said, talk about the power of words, will you? Will you talk about the power of words and the power of thoughts? 
But I beseech you that I may be not be bold when I am present with that confidence, wherewith I think to be bold against some which think of us as if we walked according to the flesh. See, some people think we Christians are just like everybody else. We walk according to the flesh also. We want to, come on now, we want the same thing the world wants. We want the same thing the lost people want. We want, we, we want the exact same stuff. And yet we are supposed to be walking in the Spirit. Right? Say with me. For though we, talking about us, not everybody, for though we walk in the flesh, that ain't where the battle is. That ain't where it is. Uh, you're, in a, you're in a flesh suit, but that ain't it. That's it. No, 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 no. Watch. For the weapons are warfare, not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Pause. Pardon my French. What the hell is a stronghold? I'm letting you think. Hang on a minute. What strongholds are holding you back? It's a strong hold. It's not a weak hold. It's a strong hold. For our weapons of war are not carnal, but mighty through the God to the pulling down of strong holds. What's holding me? For the weapons are worth casting down imaginations. Folks, here's the war. When you get up in the morning, here's where the war begins. As soon as you get up in the morning, you have imaginations come into your mind. Somebody say amen. Say, amen. I've, never, I've never heard anything like it. I, never heard, I know. This is a revelation to me, right? From the moment my wife gets up in the morning. I love you, Michelle. From the moment she gets up in the morning, strongholds begin to attack her. Can anybody out there, you know what I'm talking about? You get up in the yes. morning, and immediately when you get up in the morning, you start worrying about this, and you're going to worry about this, and what if this happens, 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 and what if this happens. Those are strongholds, casting down imaginations. Imaginations are images of things that are not real, that are in our mind. And the Lord says, if you're going to get victory, you got to cast down those imaginations. you got to get, you got to take captive those thoughts. How? Casting down imaginations and every high thing. What's a high thing? Every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. Now, hang on a minute. What's God's will for you? I know the plans that I have for you. Where is that? Is that in, is that in uh, Jeremiah? I know the plans 11, that I have. 29, What's that? 29-11. Jeremiah 29-11? Huh? Pull that up here real quick. So you get up in the morning and you said, "Oh my goodness, my daughter's going to call and this is going to happen, and the and the uh, uh, the bill collectors are going to call and this is going to happen, and the doctor's going to call and this is going to happen." And it says here, "For I know the thoughts that I think toward you," says the Lord, "thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end." What's your expected end? This is good, man. This is good. Because I'm going to tell you, when most of you get up in the morning, you are running through your head those thoughts that are not of God. So, all right. So I say amen. 
Yeah. Amen. 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 Those strongholds, those imaginations are driving you crazy. Oh, this is good. <laughs> oh, go back. Go back to wherever I was. It's the Corinthians. Go back to Corinthians. We talk about it being a battleground of the mind, right? It's a battleground of the mind. Casting down these imaginations that are coming from some high place. You don't even know where they're coming from. Casting down those imaginations and every high thing, high thing. What is a high thing? But it's something that exalts itself against what you know about God. God just said he knows he's got plans to prosper you, to give you a future. He's got those plans. But you're concentrating on those other plans. Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. And he says, you got to get rid of that. You got to bring in captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Oh, my son's going to call me today and they're going to lose their house. Devil, you're a liar. That's not true. That is not true. My son dwells in the secret place of the Most High. He abides under the shadow of the Almighty. You're a liar. Do you understand how the spiritual war takes place? But we have to recognize that the war is going on. Ask yourself this. Where's that thought coming from? Why would would I get up in the morning and expect something bad to happen? What the hell's wrong with me? Huh? Oh, wonder what the day's got ahead of me today. Well, maybe great, great victory. Maybe a million-dollar lawsuit you're going to win. There could be great things. But you've got, see, not if you've got, not if you, not if you're not casting down imagination. And see, you have to do what? Have a, having in readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. You have got to say, sorry, devil, that's a lie. <laughs> that is a lie. That's a lie. And then walk out your life as if it were true. Bringing it into captivity. Every thought to the obedience of Bringing every thought into obedience of what Christ says about the situation. He said you'll be the head, not the tail. You'll be above him and not beneath. You'll be the first and not the last. That's what the Lord says. That's what Christ says. That's what bringing your thoughts into the obedience of Christ means when you take captive that thought. Let me show you this two-minute video. This thing is unbelievable. Number five, number five. You say, Coach, this is, this is, this, I get you, Roger. You say, Coach, this is, this is baloney. Really? Huh? Now, I want you to watch this. <clears throat> Hang on. Thank you, Lord. The power of the spoken word. And Mark Trump has said this to us over and over and over again about uh, God's words have creative power. And Dare I say it, on the cross, Christ said, all power has been given unto me, both in heaven and earth, and I'm giving it to you. So therefore, evidently, our thoughts under the unction and uh, authority of Jesus Christ are creative as well. Evidently, if there's power in the words, if there's power in the blood, Power power to, for what? Power to do what? Is the, is the blood just there to save? Is that all it is? The blood only has the power to save? Well, that ain't, I mean, that's nice. That's, that's powerful, but it, huh? No. It's power, power, one working power in the blood of the Lamb, right? Is there, is there wonder working power? 
But see, we can't execute. We can't go go close down the drag queen story hour at our local church, or I'm sorry, at our local library, or our lo- because we don't believe we can. We haven't taken captive that thought. Watch this experiment. Hey, I know this seems hokey. Minute and a half. Watch this. This guy, hang on, he's getting it ready. I'm going to explain to you as they're getting it ready there. He put three vials of rice in water. He did an experiment where he went by and spoke words over each vial. Well, go ahead. Watch. Dr. Emoto has conducted another interesting experiment. He placed rice into three glass beakers and covered it with water. And then every day for a month, he said, thank you to one beaker. You're an idiot to the second. And the third one, he completely ignored. After one month, the rice that had been thanked began to ferment, giving off a strong, pleasant aroma. The rice in the second beaker turned black. And the rice that was ignored began to rot. Dr. Emoto thinks that this experiment provides an important lesson especially with regard to how we treat children. We should take care of them, give them attention, and converse with them. Indifference does the greatest harm. Tell some dreamy story, but almost. Wow. How many of you, hang on, hang on, hang on. How many of you daily, your default position in life, is a downer, you bleed all over everybody else and puke all over everybody else because of something that happened to you previously in your life. Somebody say amen. Somebody say amen. 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 And so that that, that high thing, that imagination has taken you captive, see? It's a stronghold in the way you live your life. And you can't wait. So I'm sorry, I'm just telling you the truth. You can't wait when you get into a conversation to at some point get back to how you were harmed. Somebody say amen. That somehow position is going to take you back to how amen. you were harmed. And the Bible says you ain't dead anymore. You're a brand new creature in Christ. You ain't dead anymore. Stop talking like that anymore. Why? Because life and death is in the power of the tongue. Oh, my goodness. We don't know how to take captive thoughts. I'm going to go there in a second. Genesis 1, pull that up there. By the way, Amazon's going broke. Do you guys know that? Amazon's going broke. Huge, huge layoffs on Amazon. It's all coming down, baby. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And then the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Wow. Pull up for me. Number, number. Hang on. Stay with me. Stay with me. Stay with me. Pull up number nine. Pull up number nine. 
The earth was void without form and void. I told you this the other day, except I had the words wrong. Tohu bohu. Tohu bohu. This is Webster's Dictionary. It's Hebrew. Tohu bohu means without form and void. Tohu bohu. And tohu and bohu mean what? Chaos and confusion. So in the beginning, there was chaos and confusion. And what happened? Go back to Genesis 1. What happened? What happened? And God said, (laughs) chaos, confusion, and God said, when God said, order came. You see it? Do you see it? So as you look out across the spectrum of your life, in the environment in which you are living, you seeing chaos. If you're seeing chaos, it's time for the Lord to speak. But you're not speaking life. Most of us are not speaking life. We're speaking death. We are repeating the words of that old dead man. You know that guy that died? You know that guy that was crucified with Christ? You remember him? Remember that guy? Why is it today when you're a new creature creature in Christ, born again of the Spirit of God, when the Holy Spirit indwells you, why is it that that old dead man continues to control your thoughts? Dang, this is good, isn't it? God saw it. God said, let there be light, and there was light. God called the light. God, God just, look, God is bringing order out of chaos. Tahu and Abahu. Tahu and Bahu. Then he speaks again. Then God said this. And then God said that. And then God said this. And then God said that. And then God said this. And then God said that. He made this and he made that. And he said this and he said that. Because there's power. Somehow we don't understand it. I I, I got a little key to something last night. I saw this. I I just happened to come across a... a, um, a video on public speaking. I'm a public speaker, right? I'm a coach. And uh, it said, if you are a public speaker, the first 30 seconds on stage will set the tempo for the whole presentation you're about to make. That if I walk to this podium and I say, hi, I'm, I'm Coach Dave Dobbenmeyer, and I... Uh, you guys ever heard me speak? I start fire breathing from the moment I step into the podium. And what happens? That power out of my mouth captivates the audience. You've seen it. You know what I'm talking I'm doing it right now, right? And are you right now feeling the energy come through there? So there's more power in our words than we even understand. By the way, your words can drain energy too. Raise your, hand, raise your hand out there if you've had the energy sucked out of you by hanging around negative people. Go ahead and raise your hand. Go ahead and raise your hand. Amen. And you ask yourself this. Are you one of those people that when people walk away from you, do they say, man, he just sucked all the energy out of me. Dude, that dude's negative. Somebody say amen. 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 Can I tell you why? Because we're not taking captive every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring it into the captivity through the obedience of Christ. 
We don't do that. We're not even taught to do it. We're taught to name it, claim it. Okay, real quickly, here you go. Number four, real quick lesson plan, how to take captive. Give me five more minutes and I'm going to open it. I, this is a revelation to me. I found six ways to take captive every thought. We just read it, didn't we? Take captive every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. You want to know how to do it? I'm going to give you a real quick run through. I'll put it in the chat. You can do your own. Go down. What does it mean take captive your thoughts? Well, because there's a mind game going on. You're wrestling not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. Strongholds. Strongholds. Are they demonic possessions? Oppressions? I don't know. But they're strongholds connected to life experiences, things that happened to you before, things you can't shake off of, body of death, Paul called it. Who will deliver me from this body of death? Oh, wretched man that I am. Get that crap off of me. And instead of us talking about how we were injured in the past, we ought to be talking about how we got victory over what happened to us in the past. It's all a mindset. So here you go. Here are six ways to take your thoughts captive. I'll put it in the chat. Number one, accept responsibility for your thoughts. They're your thoughts. You have the ability to exercise control over your thoughts. God warned Cain to focus his mind on the right things, but Cain chose to think about the wrong things, anger and jealousy, which led to his murderous actions. So are you willing to admit that you can, with God's help, regain control of your thoughts? Those of you who are fasting, boy, would that be something to fast for? Huh? To control my stinking thinking. Number two, your mind, not just your behavior, must change. Your mind's got to change. God calls us to change sinful behavior that does not honor him. Instead of focusing on your outward behavior, uh, I don't I don't lie, I don't steal, I don't cheat, I don't covet, I don't commit adultery. How about focusing on the negative thoughts that you have? Say, Lord, I'm going to get victory over those things. I'm not going to think that and say that anymore, Lord. I'm not going to retell my horrible history of how I got so screwed up. I'm going to get rid of that stuff. I'm a new creature in Christ. Number three, think through your problems rather than just react to them. Think through a solution. If this happens, I'm going to do this. Don't sit around and just say, if this happens, and leave it there. If this happens, I'm going to do this. Be ready to act against what might happen. Number four, take your disabling thoughts captive through confession. Paul said that, scroll it up a little bit there if you can, Spence. Confront it. When we think about those things, God promises to give us peace. We have to confront whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, confront those negative thoughts. Not today, devil. Not in this family today, devil. No, no, not to me today, devil. The Lord says this about me, and he says this about that situation. You with me? Huh? Now, look, look. It's about not creating a future. It's about creating a mindset. Choose to focus your thoughts on the right things. Number five. We are to think about those things that are true, noble, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. Mm. Yeah, that's right. 
Don't don't spend all your time thinking about the last business deal you had and that guy screwed you over and probably going to screw me over again today. It's just kind of the way the world is. Well, you've fallen into the trap already. You've already got that stronghold manipulating you. Can strongholds be broken? Well, it says if those cast them down. Yeah, I think they can be, but you got to recognize, first of all, it's a stronghold. Make a note in your mind of every time you catch yourself talking about that, whatever it is. Make a note. So why the hell am I thinking that way? I remember I told you when I was coaching football, we'd stand on the sidelines, we'd pray for a fumble. I'd pray for the other team to fumble. Because <laughs> I just knew something good was going to happen. God's going to make all, all things work together. Number six, is it possible? It's not easy to retrain, to retrain your thoughts. It's not easy. But take heart. As God empowers you to focus your mind on the right things, it will become easier. You can develop a new frame of reference based on what's true, noble. Mm-hmm. We had a situation happen the other day. Michelle was devastated by it. I, I, I love that. She loves way too much. My wife's got just, she just loves way too much. If somebody busts their toenails, she's, she's crying in the room. Not really, but you get what I'm saying, right? And you know what I say? Oh, honey, that, that guy, he had to have his leg amputated. Oh, it's just so, well, yeah, God, thank God he's still alive. Thank God he didn't have a heart attack and die. It's all the way that you want to think. No matter what happens, something worse could have happened. Oh, my daughter was killed in a car wreck. Yeah, but thank God her, your granddaughter didn't get hurt. There's always a good, there's always a good side to everything that happens. Always. That's his promise. All things work together for good for those who love the Lord, called according to his purpose. I'm going to move on here. Is it possible to live a life aware of our thoughts and taking them captive? Sure is. God gave us the Holy Spirit to empower us. Take captive that thought, bring it to the obedience of Christ. Say, listen, that is not, devil, you're a liar. That is not going to happen. That is not going to happen because God said this about that situation. Now, hang on. It may not change the situation, but it's going to keep you from being double-minded. It's going to empower you to walk through the fear of something that's going to happen that probably never will. And all the devil can do is steal your joy. Now, hang on. Now, I'm going to go, I'll, I'll go, go. Somebody asked me this. <clears throat> see, I'm see what kind of students you are out there. <clears throat> What's your strength? Can somebody tell me what your strength is? Anybody know what your strength is? My strength is in Christ. Yeah, but that's not what I'm looking for. That's all I got, coach. How about this? The joy of the Lord is my strength. Not the fear of the devil, not the fear of situations, not the fear of lawyers or government. No, no, no. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Why? Because there's a creative power in there that we don't understand. Faith moves mountains, literally, because it's a force. Okay, Dale, come on in. Amen, Coach. Everything is 100% amen, because when we do what pleases God, he strengthens us in it, right? That James 1, 6, not doubting in our heart. 
Philippians, right? 3.13. I forget mm. those things that are behind me. I press on to take hold of those things. Psalms, right? Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let me tell you something. Wherever you put that magnify glass, you make it bigger. When we dwell on our past, guess what, brother? We make it bigger. So we no longer sing. There is power, power, wonder and work and power. Christians tend to sing. There is power, power, wondering if it's working power. Right, Amen. brother? That's, that's, Amen. That's the Amen. Amen. Brother. I, I, Tommy Tenney has a great book. It's called God's Eye View. And when you get up in the sky, let me tell you what, them big buildings and them big trucks and everything, they become real small. That's called getting God's perspective on it. So here's the truth, right? I can go around and tell everybody how I was molested when I was six years old. And I was, uh, well, I, this happened to me when I was 12 years old. Or you can go around telling everybody, you won't believe what happened to me and what the Lord did a new work in me. It's all a mindset, all Amen. a mindset, right? You got victory over that. That's something to rejoice. Quit wallowing in that automatic response, automatic response. Now, what, for instance, you ever get a phone call in the middle of the night? We all dread that, right? When the phone rings in the middle of the night, did you think maybe it's the lottery calling telling you you want a million dollars? Do you ever think that way? Is your default position always bad? Maybe when that phone rings in the middle of the night, it's your uh, son or daughter calling you saying, Dad, Dad, I just had a, an encounter with Christ. I just got saved. We don't think that way, do we? Couldn't possibly be that. See, I'm just trying to show you how our minds work. Roger, you've been waiting a while. Come on in, man. Oh, it, it's it's a good teaching. I um, you know, Dave, I I have times of being negative, and and uh, my wife is sitting next to me and probably shaking her head. Um, but I think my negativity, I, I don't, and maybe it is a stronghold. But there's what comes over me is sadness at times, sadness of of what is going on and what is taking place. Um, and that that could be a stronghold that's developed other ways scripturally, but. Uh, so, Roger, yeah, hang on a second, Roger. So ask yourself, we need to all ask ourselves, where did that stronghold come from? Where, why, what, what was it? Huh, something happened to me when I was a kid? Something my dad taught me? Hmm? What, where did that come from? We need to identify. Didn't mean to interrupt. Yes, I did. Go ahead. No, no that, that's just that the idea of the sadness of our culture and our society um, is a stronghold that I have at times, and I think that blends in the negativism. Of you know where is the hope, you know where are we going to end up? What is it going to be like for my grandkids? That sounds negative just talking about it. Yeah, but that that's all I have is is being negative. I, I have that problem at times. So so then Roger, so then we need to change our mindset and say, listen, I'm going to go take this on, so it's better for my grandkids, right? Our mindset has to set up. Not our my grandkids are screwed, but I'm going to go do something, and my grandkids are going to live the fruit of what because I did something. Our minds, we got it's wrong. We got it backwards. Clay. Yeah, I think Jesus taught the uh, disciples this lesson many times. And one of the times was in John 21 when they were fishing all night and they didn't catch any fish. And just as the day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore and he uh, asked the disciples, do you have any fish? And they answered to him, no. And then when he told them, put your nets back out, they couldn't pull them in. So the, th the moral of that right there, Coach, is 
they they had a, the grain of a mustard seed mustard seed or they wouldn't have put the nets back out so that was the first requ requirement they had the faith of a mustard seed then they put the nets back out and they caught all those fish so the next time if he ever showed up on the shore again and said hey have you caught any fish their answer should be not yet not yet <laughs> that's right but clay don't miss this what did he tell him to do he said dude Put your net on the other side. <laughs> Didn't he say that? Yeah, and it's also don't give up. Don't give up. Keep your nets out there, and I'll make sure that they get filled, but don't give up. But quit fishing where there ain't no fish. Don't fish where the fish ain't biting, right? Cast your net on the other side. Joseph, come on in. And we all have strongholds. Don't we ever. My Mine was, you know, when my sons finally left the nest, never received a call or a text. So I just did a simple gesture every other day. I wrote in the morning, I said, good morning, with a prayer hand emoji. And what yeah. a difference it started. I started getting from my sons, give me a call. Wow. Amen. 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 That's a good one, Joe. Send him a prayer hands emoji. Matt Tice, come on in. By the way, Spencer, get up. Get ready. I want, I want everybody to see this one real quick. Get it ready for me. Uh, which one is that, Coach? Uh, number two, power of words. Power of words. Go ahead, um, uh, Go ahead, Matt. Yeah. Uh, talk about double-mindedness, Dave. A uh, number of years ago in my small business here, being double-minded and talking about it, cost me probably over a hundred thousand dollars. I can uh, go back and prove every penny of it. Being double minded cost uh, me over a hundred thousand dollars. Unstable in all your ways, brother. Let him expect nothing Absolutely. from God, right? Amen. Yep. Amen. Hang on, Myra and Mike. I'm gonna show you guys this while I'm thinking about it. What does the Bible say about words? Uh maybe uh, put this in the chat also for him. Scroll down a little bit. Hang on. Keep going down. Keep going. Right right here. Hey, no. Yeah, no. No, keep going, keep going, keep going. Sorry. You're doing good. Here you go. Here you go. Bible verses about the power of words. Proverbs, evil words destroy destroy one's friends. Proverbs 15, gentle words bring life and health. A deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. Something about words here. Proverbs 16, kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. Proverbs 18, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. <laughs> are you eating the fruit of, of life or are you eating the fruit of death? Which, you're eating one of them. huh? Evil, uh, going down. Next one. Proverbs 18, a person's words can be life-giving water. Words of true wisdom are as refreshing as a bubbling brook. Proverbs 6, there's one who speaks rashly like he thrusts, like the thrust of a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. On and on and on. I'll put this in the chat. The power of the spoken word. The words reveal your heart. The words reveal what you really believe. Amen. Double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. Amen. Mike McKee, come on in, Dave Allison. Hey, Coach, I've got about three uh, quotes here I would like to read. One is, the past is to be learned from, 
not lived in. The other is, if you believe you can, you are right. But conversely, if you believe you can't, you are right. If you believe you can or if you believe you can't, you're right. Yep. The other one is, uh, it's time to, we have, keep our residence in Zion and and, and sell the cottage in, in Babylon, something like that. Amen. Power of the mind. Power of the mind. The words that we speak. The authority given to us. All power has been given to me, heaven and earth. Go ye therefore. We are, we are um, what's the word I'm looking for? We're transformers. The power flows in us and out of us to transform. Folks, our government doesn't have to destroy us. Our government's destroying us because we don't we're not exerting any power, any authority. Amen. We're, we spend most of our time ruminating about how bad it is rather than let's get victory over it. Dave Allison, come on in. The uh, the enemy has watched our game film. And uh, he can't believe it. He said uh, when the opponent gives us one hard hit, the whole team runs off the field. That's what he sees. So right. he's just, he says, this is easy. And, uh, you know, but I've watched, and it's interesting, there's a guy watching here, I won't mention Tim's name, but uh, Tim's willing to stand up in the public square and speak the truth. And, and, and unfortunately, Tim will tell you that 99% of the people who attend what they call faith fellowships think he's a nutcase, right? And, uh, but, He's, that doesn't bother him. He still continues to tell the truth. And I appreciate his courage and other people in this queue that have, have, have emboldened me. And I'm not afraid to speak the truth anymore in the public square. And so guess Amen. what? Once the, once the enemy sees that game field, he's going to have to re, re, re get his whole game back together. And he realized we're in trouble. Like Ralphie in the Christmas story, remember? Uh, filming, yeah. uh, those guys chased him and chased him and chased him and chased him. And finally one day he said, I've had enough of this. And he pummels those guys, right? Right, that that's right. That's, and that we got to learn that. That's all it's going to take is one pummeling. And these guys will run like they're, they're going to take one hard hit. Then they're going to be the ones running off the field. Amen, brother. I, I, look, faith is what? Now faith is now. Faith now. Not faith tomorrow. Not faith last week. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Let me ask you something. Amen. What are you believing for? You believing for things to get worse? Well, then that's the substance of things hoped for. You think you think the world's going to collapse and fall? Well, then that's substance of that's faith. You have faith in bad stuff. Substance, the evidence of things not yet seen. So we can sit around in doom and gloom. It's only going to get worse and. Oh, my goodness, uh, the end's coming. I can tell the end's coming. Well, okay. <laughs> Look, I hope when the end comes, I'm in the middle of a celebration party. Anybody want to be in the middle of a Or you want to be down doom and gloom. They got a gun to your head. And then, then you get raptures. Is that what you want? I want to be dancing and partying and having a good time. And we're taking out. We're taking out of here. Our mindset. Our mindset is so bad. So bad. Myra. Coach, I am a good student in job. Um, Job. 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 Yeah, Job. Job. 
Joe. Yes, coach. Job 34:21. I read, for his eyes are upon the ways of man, and he seeth all his goings. Also, Matthew 9:4. And Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Wherefore, think ye evil in your hearts. During the um, the deliverance sessions that we conduct uh, every Friday at 9 a.m., um, many, if, if not most, of the gathering here, the ones that attend, we uh, we ask the, the individual to confess, and we recognize the issue, and we cast it out. Amen. And, yes, amen. And whenever, and in regard to what Betty Perkins and you said, uh, Jeremiah 29, 11, uh, I usually we remind that uh, uh, to people. Thank you so much. God bless you. Hallelujah. Amen. Craig. Well, I, I think it's always the simple things. And, and I, if, if this makes sense, when when my dad needed to discipline me for something that I'd done, I took the discipline, but I didn't continue in the same manner that, that I was doing before. So if we get the discipline from the Lord, we should change our direction. You know what I mean? Amen. 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 So, Craig, let me say this to everybody out there, because I, I see this all the time. I see people repeating over and over their injuries from the past. Can somebody say amen? Somebody say amen. 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 And that's a mindset. It's a, mi it's a default mindset. That somehow, somewhere along the line, that experience was so horrible that every time you think you refer back to that. Now, there aren't any of us here saying, you act like it didn't happen, because it did happen. The question you have to ask yourself and declare is, do you have victory over it or not? And when that thought comes back up, you can say, hey, stop, devil. Hey, <laughs> sorry. That's the old me. That ain't, that ain't, I'm sorry. Quit bringing that, quit dragging Amen. that, old, quit dragging that old corpse back into my new life. Will you do that? I that that dude is dead and buried. But you got to understand that you are caught and trapped in that stronghold of that default position of what happened to you from the past. We're all wounded by it. All of us are. Now, is that demonic possession or oppression? <clears throat> That's a whole different story. But it certainly is a stronghold. <clears throat> it controls you. It controls the way you think. Tim Parker, come on in. And then Tina. Yeah, Coach, I just wanted to say there are some things I think that we are in strongholds when we talk about the past. But I can think of several things that I talk about in my past that drive me to glory in my Savior. Amen. So I know you did talk about that victory. I mean, if, if we're... You know, in our tears over what happened in our past, we're we're in a dilemma. But to me, it's a it's a springboard to glorify God. Amen. Let your past empower you. Let your past empower you. Thank you. Tell, tell people what you've overcome. Don't replay the injury that was done to you. Say, praise the Lord, I'm walking in victory today. Even though that happened to me, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear what I, you want to hear what happened to me every day? Me come in here and just, woe is me, woe is me, woe is me, woe is me, woe is me. No. Say, hey, this happened to me, and look at me now. 
Amen. That's got to be our mindset. Tina, come on in. So, by the way, oh, hang on, Tina. By the way, if you continually repeat that to yourself, you'll you'll take captive that thought. You'll take captive that stronghold. You'll bring that thing down if you drag it to the truth of Christ and what he's done in your life. Go ahead, Tina. I just really like to thank you for this conversation today. Um, I think that's been my huge battle for a very long time. So, Amen. It's amazing. Tina, there's a lot of it there. Now, listen, hey, Tina and everybody else out there, you have to purposefully acknowledge it. When that thought comes up, you've got to say, whoa, wait a minute. That's that old dead man. He ain't got no business. You have to acknowledge it. Lord, help me bury this dead man. Lord, I don't want these thoughts. I want to break that thought pattern, Lord. That's what it means when you bring it to the obedience of Christ. You have to be careful because we will wallow back into what? Automatic thoughts. Yep. Back into that stronghold. You got to break it. Reggie. A lot of people that go through a traumatic experience, whether it's several, one, two, however, what happens is um, they open a door through that trauma. Then, uh, you know, a spiritual sense, there is a demonic spirit behind that trauma. And they, they carry that if they don't overcome it right away and don't have guidance. And they carry that through their life. And what happens is like an old sweater. It's a comfort. And it sounds so sadistic, yeah. but some of them yeah. cannot cast that off. So they mm. repeat it and repeat it. And they go back to it and they welcome it back in over and yeah, over. They, it's really they pat, hard. They pat their problem on the back, don't they? Oh, I just love yeah. this thing. Oh, 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 it's yeah. So hard. It's familiar. Oh, yep. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's right. Got to break it, man. It's a stronghold. Victory in Jesus. Judah. Hey, Coach, you and I, we stood in Cape Cod. We stood at the, the foundation of the Father's Monument. And as we stood there, <clears throat> the Puritans erected a statue in the name of Christ Jesus, but in the name of destroying and getting rid of the, the British stronghold in their life that tried to control them. And they use that statue as a monument to tell the world to move forward. And we will not be under a satanic bondage of the satanic church any longer. Amen. Amen, Amen Jed. Amen. And I, hey, I'm going to say publicly, that demonic government in Washington, D.C., that Luciferian will not, Babylonian empire will not have authority over me. They will rule over me no more. I'm a free man by the blood of Jesus Christ. And I will not allow them to control my thoughts, my actions, and my behavior. I'm set free through the blood of Jesus Christ. Laura, come on in. Amen. I was, um, I appreciate this conversation this morning, coach, um, and the huddle. Um, and we have a, we have a wrong thinking about what discipline is because discipline is training. And like, you know, as an athlete, how do you, how do you first start to, to achieve the goals that you need is it has to start in your head. If you don't show up in the gym and start training, it, 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 it is with your head you can't perform and then you have to be able to know how to have a good training routine and you have to know mm. you know when you need to tweak it and when you don't and you need people around you like you can't lift 200 pounds without a spotter you need people on each side of you and amen that, 
<laughs> you know, to prepare to go in, onto the field to battle. So, Amen. Amen. Spiritual so training. Spiritual training for spiritual warfare. Hey, listen. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Take captive every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring it in a in, in captivity into the obedience of Christ. You gotta serve somebody. I'm gonna serve Jesus, not my past. See you tomorrow. Okay.